Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Hello, everybody. My name is Erin, if you don't know me. I use any pronouns. I'm here with my mom, Sarah. She uses she, her. Um, and I'm going to be giving the message for today. I'm going to be talking about Potiphar and his wife and Joseph and all kinds of queer stuff. And just as a little content warning, um, I do talk about sexual assault because that is one of the themes in the story of Joseph. So it's, um, it's not going to be too graphic, but I just wanted to give a little warning. Um, all right, I'm going to go find my sermon and I'll get started for you. So Potiphar is portrayed in the Bible as a righteous man. He's still a slaveholder, but he's quote, one of the good ones. His wife, on the other hand, is portrayed as a harlot and a Jezebel who was wildly and madly attracted to the handsome Joseph. This really doesn't do any favors to the quote, believe women movement. In fact, this story only seems to lend credibility to men who would like to portray themselves as being victimized by scandalous women in order to maintain their innocence. Portraying women in this way when used as a weapon is a harmful stereotype, but only when used against women. When discussing how men become victims of alleged sexual assault, it needs to be done without weaponizing it against women and instead recognizing that men can be victims too. Just because someone has a marginalized identity does not mean that they are a saint. People are complicated. So when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted his care to everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So Potiphar's wife was a bad, bad lady. Poor Joseph. Potiphar had no choice. He just had to throw him in jail. All this is okay because God was with Joseph. And also Joseph was very queer and then the bad lady threw him in prison. But he refused. 
With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. I was walking with my dad down the road and I was talking to him about the historical side of masculinity, gayness, and the Spartans, the ancient Spartans. If you've seen the movie, The 300, there's no the, just 300. The ancient Greek Spartans probably reside in the side of your mind that associates things with manliness, masculinity, manly manliness, rippling muscles, killing, murder, eating your beef extra steak-like, and being straight. Ancient Greece is probably one of my favorite historical time periods, and I probably tend to idolize and romanticize it a bit too much but we won't talk about that. The way our culture is today is so vastly different from back then. You'd have to twist it and turn it inside out into a Mobius loop in order to get ancient Sparta. Firstly, for those of you who aren't super familiar with ancient Greece, I just wanna give a little bit of a background. Greece wasn't a country back then. It was kind of a group of independent cities that all had their own government and way of life. So Sparta was kind of its own little, little enclave. Secondly, Sparta was a half almost democracy, half monarchy with two kings, two kings that each had equal say. The part I said before was correct. Killing and murder were definitely a part of traditional Spartan manhood but so was gay sex. A Spartan man was required to get married by a certain age to a woman, but for reproductive purposes mainly. And when this did happen, a woman would oftentimes be required to shave her head in order to resemble a man. And she would dress up like a man so as to ease the transition from being with men to being with a woman. Not to be confused with Athens, its own separate thing in ancient Greece from Sparta, where teachers would form relationships with same-sex students, the Spartans were encouraged to form relationships with men in their military unit to form stronger bonds. I can appreciate how the people and the stories of the Bible had a completely different idea of gayness and of queerness that we do today. It was just so completely different. When Potiphar's wife would observe Joseph doing his managerial household work, she didn't see his femininity or queerness as being a bad thing up front. She was fascinated with him until it no longer served her. I found myself at the end of Pride Month with a pretty heavy heart. To me, one of the most depressing things is seeing how easy it is for individuals and large corporations to support queer pride when it's convenient. 
one of the corporations that owns some of my favorite properties, Disney, gave at least $250,000 to senators that voted for don't say, the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida back in March. When Joseph rejected Potiphar's wife's advances, it was no longer convenient for her to idolize him. And when I walked into Walgreens to get my prescription, seeing the rainbow Mickey plushies on display made me want to commit arson. That's a joke. I like to imagine how Joseph must have felt when he was in prison. I wonder how he might've turned it over in his head a thousand times how someone like his master's wife, who seemed to like him so much at first, could do something so horrible to him. Performative allyship is much more of a subtle thing, but can have terrible consequences. When my friends shout gay rights at the top of their lungs, but go out to buy Chick-fil-A the same day, I'm reminded of how Jesus in Matthew chapter six said, that when you go to pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father with a capital F who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Of course, it's important to show your pride, but don't do it performatively. Don't pray out in the streets just to show how pious you are to everyone else. For when you support the queer community, you're supporting God. Amen. That's it. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.